Hey everybody, so before we jump into today's podcast, I just wanted to A, thank you guys, give you a little bit of a reminder. If you enjoy this content, however you're watching it, consuming it, please like, follow, subscribe, whatever you gotta do, comment on it if you can. Leave us a review, it really helps us out and it can help grow our platform and reach more people. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, please share it with them. If you have a question, if you wanna reach out to us, let us know. And then lastly, we have all of our amazing programs, courses, and coaching available in the resources below. So check that out, definitely take advantage of it. We have everything from free options all the way up to paid programs and everything in between to fit pretty much anyone's budget. And it's just a matter of how customized it's going to be based on the price point. So there's really something for everybody. Thank you guys. Let's get on into the episode. What's going on, everybody? So we got a really fun topic that I want to cover today for our uh, Life of a Fighter podcast slash a little audio walkthrough for a new article that I just put together. Um, This one was really quick and simple. It's not really actually a lot I put together. I actually took it from um, American Heart. Uh, Association, and also uh, Diabetes Care and American Diabetes Association. Plus, we also got a little bit from the National Institute of Health, so shout out to all of those. Thank you guys very much. And for all of you that are interested out there in checking our research and checking our references, a majority of our research reference points, studies, and all that stuff is either coming from NIH, National Institute of Health, PubMed, uh, Published Medication, and uh, variations that will link off of that. So whether it's uh, American Diabetes Association, American Heart Institute, uh, any variation that are coming off those, but a majority of them is going to be NIH, National Institute uh, of Health. So that's that fun part. So the topic for today is glycemic index and glycemic load. So if you're listening to this on the article, you obviously see the tables we have posted up here, some of the fun facts and info. I wanted to dive a little bit more into that. If you guys haven't seen the article yet, I highly recommend jumping over to the website, lifeofafighter.com. You can go forward slash blog and search for it. Or if you want to know directly the article, it's lifeofafighter.com forward slash glycemic dash index dash and dash glycemic dash load dash cheat dash sheet. I know there's a lot of dashes in there, but that's how it's set up. So sorry about that, guys. All right, so let's start with what is glycemic index? What is glycemic load? So they're pretty close, but they're two different things as far as when we look at what they actually stand for and what they're actually going to mean. So when we're looking at glycemic index, we're actually looking at an index or a measurement used to compare the quality of carbs. So this is going to show equal amounts of carbs in different foods and how they affect raising our blood sugar levels. Okay, so that's our glycemic index. Um, and that's on a scale of re- mostly 0 to 100. You'll see a couple things that will go slightly over 100, which not good. Anything over 55 really is the things that we want to stay away from. And we'll kind of break down the chart and our numbers from there. And then we also have glycemic load, which I actually haven't updated on the article yet. And we'll add more and more to it. Glycemic load is used to compare single servings of different foods. Now, not just foods altogether. Now we're looking at single servings of all those different foods. And again, the effect on blood sugar. Uh, this will also take into account the quality and quantity of carbs in that given serving. So it's a little bit more of an updated measurement. Um, it's on a different number scale. This one's a lot more people like to use this one. I always learned with the glycemic index, so I kind of I'm a little old school and sticking with that. And I'm re-educating myself on the glycemic load a little bit more, a little bit more as time goes by. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about the glycemic index. That's where I'm more comfortable with. 
And again, guys, you can check references on the article, or if you want to go to the National Institute of Health and just look up glycemic index or glycemic load, they have tons of great info on there as well. Okay, so let's look at the article. So we have the first thing you're going to see is a link to diabetes care for the American Diabetes Association. One of the biggest things for diabetes in prevention or in just overall lifestyle treatment once we are diagnosed or we have diabetes or we're assessed with diabetes, realistically... Type 2 specifically, um, type 1 we're dealing obviously with insulin issues, we're going to be injecting insulin. So that's a whole other concept. But realistically for type 2 diabetes, we have to be very conscious of how, how much carbs we're eating, what kind of load they have with sugar, and how it's affecting our insulin levels obviously. So this is where the glycemic index and load come into play more. So that's why the... Uh, Diabetic Association has a lot to do with this, and that's why I linked over to that so you guys can check them out and support them and get more info. But anyways, let's go to table one. So we're looking at mostly carbohydrate-dense foods, okay? We have some dairy products up here. We also have some other variations, uh, legumes. We have some snack stuff. We have some sugary things. But underneath that, you're also going to see a chart that, that pretty much puts together uh, a three-tiered breakdown of the glycemic index and how we're classifying them. So we have 55 or lower, which is considered in this chart a low GI or low glycemic index. And these are things that are not going to have a high impact on our blood sugar levels. So that we can pretty much eat these anytime, anywhere, and it's not going to have a big negative effect. Medium GI, medium glycemic index is 56 to 69 and that's moderate increase in blood sugar levels. So this is something we're really going to be looking at maybe before exercise, maybe after an exercise, if it's not too intense, or maybe something where if we know we're going to be a little bit more physically active that day, we're going for a hike, we're going to be walking around, maybe walking around the city, if you're going on a tourist trip, something like that. That's where the medium GI comes in or medium glycemic index foods. The high glycemic index, the high GI, this is the very, very rare items that we want to be taking in, if at all. These are going to be extremely calculated and there has to be a reason we're taking them in. And the most common reason for any of you, and you've heard me talk about this in the past, is pre and post workout, we want some sugary foods. This is what we're talking about. Realistically, I would even stay with the with the medium GI unless you're really focused on muscle gain and that's it. You don't necessarily care about fat loss. You don't necessarily care about you know weight loss coming off. If you're just concerned with muscle growth, you're maybe an ectomorph body type or you're a football player or someone has to put on some weight, then we can go with the high glycemic index foods post and even pre-workout. Okay, So that's going to have the most impact on our blood sugar levels. So there's a bunch of foods that obviously we could break down, and I actually included a deeper database that was from the NIH, National Institute of Health. So you can click on that and download it for free. It's just something I wanted to give to you guys as a thank you for being part of our audience and checking us out, and I think it's going to be really helpful. Okay, so But in table one, what I posted up that you don't have to even download is just the average GI of what they pulled for 62 common foods that we're eating throughout the day just as a society in America, what's normally going into our bodies. And then this was pulled not just from one study, but from numerous studies and just kind of pooling that data together. And that's why you're going to see a number with a plus or minus and then another number next to it, meaning it could be a little bit more, a little bit less based on what the study showed, but this is the rough average on what we're getting. So the biggest things I want you guys to look at and the big thing to take away is looking at grain-based foods. So again, unless we're uh, we have celiac or we have really, really high gluten sensitivities and grain sensitivities, you don't necessarily have to completely cut them out. The biggest thing, and even what we talked about in prior uh, podcasts and episodes and articles, is 
looking to avoid inflammation-based wheats and grains. And what that basically means is the more processed, the more inflammation it's going to cause. Little, least processed, the less inflammation, if no inflammation. Inflammation, excuse me. So what I mean by that, what do, we, what do we mean by inflammation and what do we mean by process, non-processed, all that? So process means the more steps it has to go through to get from the plant to your table, the more process it's going to be. Even if it's a quote-unquote natural system, the more things and the more steps it has to go through, the more process it's going to be. So white bread's a perfect example. Not only is it on the high glycemic index scale of a 75 but it's the most processed, okay? So that's obviously something you want to avoid. Now we can look at, because commonly what we'll heal is whole wheat bread. And that's only a 74, so it's not that much better. And it's still considered a high glycemic index food. Now, again, that's still processed. Now, if we look at specialty grain breads, so if we're looking at salmonella, salmonella, <laughs> horrible pronouncing words right now, guys. I'm sorry, it's a little late. We got another late night with Mike, and I'm a little shot, so I'm going to try and pull it back together for you guys. So, the specialty grain breads, that's where we're going to have maybe different seeds and other types of grains, sprouted grains. Um, that's where you're going to have your Ezekiel breads coming into play. That's a 53, maybe 55 most. So that's on our low glycemic index scale. And that's something that we really want to try to incorporate more of. Okay. You're also going to see uh, ciabatta rolls or ciabatta bread. For whatever reason, in the uh, American Diabetes Association table, they spelled it with a CH, not a CI. And they actually completely spelled it differently. But we're talking about Chiabat, like C-I-A-B-A-T-T-A. For whatever reason, they spelled it C-H-A-P-A-T-T-I. Not 100% sure why, but we're talking about the same bread. And that's actually, again, we're on that low glycemic index scale, so that's great. But let's actually double check and look up, making sure that we're not talking about two different foods. So what we're looking at... Our glycemic index, again, this is different than the glycemic load. I don't have these charts up for you guys. I just wanted to get something out there for you. But realistically, it's going to be roughly about the same values and kind of in the same categories and timings of foods. Okay, and then we talk about our rices. Those, again, are still considered on the high-end spectrum. Okay, so we want to pick those very selectively. Now, here's a real surprise that gets most people. And this is something I love to talk about because I'm Italian and I love pasta. is spaghetti, both white, which is more processed, and our whole... Whole grain or whole meal, they're both below 50. So these are options that you can have for dinner that, again, if you're not celiac, you don't have any necessary gluten sensitivities, and you're keeping it within your portion controls and your, your calorie counts, if you're doing calorie count, if we're doing portion and hand reference sizes, this is not a bad option. It's really not going to kill you. The biggest thing is if you're having an entire pot of spaghetti, if you're having it with al vodka sauce, if you're having it with a cream sauce, and you're having chicken cuts on top of it, that's the less healthy option. But a better option is if we have, let's say, a red sauce or red gravy, depending on what part of Italy you're from, how you want to call it, and you have it with your spaghetti, and you're having some uh, grilled or baked meats as opposed to the battered and fried, that's going to be a really solid meal because we're not only going to get some good uh, fruits and vegetables from our sauce, because we're usually using a tomato kind of base, and then you're adding in maybe spinach or oregano or basil, some other things like along that side. And even if we're going with meatballs, if it's 90% lean or better, it's still going to be a really good choice, okay, because we're highly protein-dense. It's a low-glycemic scale uh, carbohydrate food, and you're still getting some fruits and vegetables in there with the sauce and what you're mixing in. So ultimately, I don't want you guys to be scared of carbs, even with this glycemic index chart. Just know, and I wanted to inform you guys a little bit more 
on how we're picking out our carbs. Okay, so don't be scared of carbs. And it's the biggest takeaway I want you guys to have. Just use this glycemic index scale, the chart, and the info here to pick your foods a little bit better, especially with fruits and vegetables. You'd be surprised how much the glycemic index impacts the timing of the food. And that's a whole nother conversation that I want to introduce here and then we could dive into it at a later time. So the bigger understanding that I want you guys to get with the glycemic index is the timing of the foods. So again, we talked about green. And if you look at the chart, green's good anytime, no matter what time of day it is. Again, when as long as we're looking at our caloric intake and our portion size, we're not blowing it out of control because pasta's on the low side, we can have pasta pretty much throughout the day. Obviously, we don't want it right before bed. Nothing is going to be right before bed unless, we're, again, we're trying to gain weight. And also, you want to make sure that you're sticking within your portion size or your calorie controls because you can have 5,000 calories of any of this if it's on the low scale or high scale. You can have 5,000 calories of spinach, which actually I don't know even know if that's possible. You'd have to eat a ton of spinach. But if you're eating 5,000 calories and it's breaking down and getting put into our sugar, I mean getting turned into sugar and put into our system – we have two choices. We're either going to use it or we're going to store it. doesn't matter if it's good, if it's bad or whatever. It's pretty much the same end result. We have maybe a longer window. And that's, again, what we're talking about with the glycemic index is not only it's the less impact on our sugar levels, but it's also the amount of time we have for our bodies to metabolize that sugar. Because if it's lower on the glycemic index, if it's less of an increase in the blood sugar, that means it's not getting shotgun released into our system. And that means we have a bigger window. Instead of one hour, we might have three or four hours to utilize that food, to burn it up as calories instead of storing it as fat. The higher glycemic index foods, let's say on the 70 or above, we're probably going to have less than an hour to either turn that into energy and burn it or to turn it into sugar and store it as fat. Either way, it's getting turned into sugar, yes, but we can use it as energy for our glycogen systems, or we can use it as a fat storage, and then maybe one day we'll use it for energy, or maybe one day we'll just keep storing it and building up, which is the more common theme. All right, guys, so that's a real big takeaway I want you to have, and you're going to see some snack food, like, for example, chocolate, popcorn, potatoes. We have sodas up here. The one thing that I really have a hard time believing with this soft drink and sodas, and that's why I'm going to put up a couple more charts over the next couple weeks is the soft drink and sodas are at about a 60. This is the only table I've seen put them at a 60. I've seen other indexes and charts, and even the downloadable index has slightly different numbers on this. So that's why it's really important to understand that there's a spectrum, okay? I've seen soft drinks usually coming at around 100 on the highest end, okay? And they're really going to be considered the high glycemic index. Even though on this table it's showing it they're a medium one, I want you guys to categorize them as a high and use them sparingly, if at all. You should really not be drinking sodas, okay? Now, when we look at our sugars, fructose, sucrose, glucose, and even honey, again, there's different numbers associated with this. And again, these numbers are based on different studies and different categories, okay? So that's why you'll see that plus or minus in a number. Now, glucose obviously doesn't have to get converted from anything. There's no chemical reactions. It gets taken into the system and can put right into the bloodstream, which is why its number is so high. Fructose, usually coming in with fruit, hence the fructose, is going to have fiber with it, usually from the fruit, and it's going to have to go through another process to get turned into glucose. So we're going to have to have a secondary system, which is why that number is a little lower. Same concept with sucrose, except sucrose doesn't usually come in with fruit. It comes in with other processes, and that's why it's going to take a little bit longer, but it's still going to be a relatively quick 
uh, process coming in. We don't have a lot of time. Same thing with honey. Even whether it's raw honey, organic honey, all those things, it's still going to be a medium glycemic index rating. We want to use it intelligently. We want to use it either based around physical activity, maybe earlier in the day if we have to get moving. But if you're going to, let's say, make a coffee or tea and put your honey in it, and then you're going to sit in traffic for two hours, that's not a good idea. Because even though you're up and you're getting to the car, once you're sitting in the car, you're not burning a lot of calories. So we want to be intelligent about how we take in these carbs. And again, that's the big takeaway I want you guys to get from this. So again, I'm not going to go too much into each individual one, but the big takeaways, and I really want you to get away from the chart, is knowing that the lower the glycemic index, the better it is throughout your day. And the orange and the greens should be the really 90%, if not 100% of the carbs you're eating throughout the day. You should very sparingly, if at all, use the high glycemic index ones. Maybe, again, if we want to put on some weight, some muscle, things like that. Or if your nutritionist and one of our coaches has called for you to take that in, trust what they're doing. If you have any questions, obviously let us know. We'll explain it to you. And I hope you guys found this informative and helpful. If you guys have questions, always leave them. Comment below. You can put it up on the forum. If you guys enjoyed this, whether it's the audio walkthrough, the charts, or both, please like and share on social media. And I'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for stopping by and have a great week. So I just wanted to say thank you guys again for watching, listening, consuming that episode. If you guys enjoyed it and you haven't already, please like, uh, please comment. If you haven't reviewed, please leave a review. If you haven't followed or subscribed, please do that as well. Again, it tremendously helps us out. And then just a quick reminder, if you guys want more resources, we have them below. We have our programs, everything from free all the way up to paid and kind of everything in between dial in with the customization and we have more information on different programs and resources in our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up for that, do so below. It's free. And that is it y'all. See you on the next one.